Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Welcome to Postcast here as the Jazz win 94-92 in a dramatic come-from-behind win over the Minnesota Timberwolves and go to 2-2 two and two on the road trip. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get this by subscribing on your iTunes or your Android device and have it come right to your phone. If you're a web person, you can get it at the 1280 website or at weareutahjazz.com. Ron and I do this immediately after each and every game for you, so it's the Radio Guys postgame show on the Internet, but we weren't together tonight. Uh, the Jazz win this one with a 25-12 fourth quarter. They really were not very good up to that point, and it was a weird night. Joe Ingles, again, the defensive stopper on the final play. A Derek Favors three is probably the key basket of the game. This one was a little wacky, Ron. You know, it was wacky, but it, it, the, I guess the weird part where you were talking about was how well the Jazz controlled the pace of the basketball game at the beginning, in the first half for the most part. And then the third period, it seemed like Zach Levine, everybody, they got the running. I mean, Jazz were missing shots. They were getting the ball ahead of the defense, and now all of a sudden things started to pick up for Minnesota Timberwolves. But kudos to the Jazz. They were able to get it back. And it all happened there in the fourth quarter. And Quinn Snyder is just playing with different lineups, trying to make them all work on different nights. The who's your power for tonight? It was Derek Favors, and it was Joe Ingles again at the shooting guard as the defensive stopper uh, with a five-minute mark. That actually is becoming pretty regular that Joe comes in at that shooting guard spot for the final five minutes of games right now. But it's, it's just a lot of different comp. Uh, combination. The first time we've seen this team completely healthy. They played 11 players again in the second quarter. There was a lot to it. But back to where you were, Ron, I thought I said in the second quarter that the game was to the Jazz pace, and I felt like the Jazz were going to walk out to about a 10-point lead and that it actually be a much larger lead than it felt, and they just didn't do it. They just could not do it for some reason. They just couldn't put this team away. Just in, And, again, maybe a lot of it had to do with the, the substitutions that, that Quinn was trying to make. Trying to, And if you felt like he was trying to give everyone some playing time or was he trying to find uh, someone that was going to get hot? I mean, who knows? Whatever the case, the Jazz was still – down what one or two points uh, at, at, at down one at the half at, at the half and uh, ended up losing that third period by 10 32 to 10 so that was quite a few points to give up in that third period but you're right uh, Derek Favors really saved the day I mean the jump shot that he made admit uh, about the 15 foot jump shot that he made uh, and then the three-point shot I mean he made seven consecutive points or something like that um, to go along with a couple of free throw there by George Hill uh, to, to help seal this victory. George Hill had 19 to lead the Jazz, 16 for Hayward, 15 for Favors. Trey Lyles gave the Jazz a good 13 off the bench. Rudy Gobert had 12 and 13. Four steals again tonight for Joe Ingles, which were mammoth. So lots of credit to that. Fourth quarter, the Jazz hold the Minnesota to 5 of 21. Minnesota has now lost 12 games this year. They led by 10 or more, the most of any team in the NBA. And you just kind of knew if the Jazz could get it to nervous time that that would happen. Well, I didn't, you know, hadn't thought about that being nervous. And, I, and you're absolutely right. I think a young team like this, they really have problems closing this uh, the, the games out. And if you listen to the coach, Thibodeau, I mean, he's, he's pointed these things out, that this team seems to be maybe a little soft sometimes, and you can still tell that Kyle Anthony Towns was trying to be physical tonight and, and 
uh, because he has not been playing very, very well. I mean, this team is young enough, they're talented enough, uh, but they seem to have a few problems. Well, they got three guys under the age of 21, and young guys yeah. don't win this league. I know that's a boring mantra to hear all the time, uh, but they just don't. The thing that jumped out to me on, on the negative side of things, Ron, I tweeted this out, that that was going to be a tough film session for some guys because the level of detail by the Jazz was really lacking, whether it was understanding that Zach Levine is a 46% catch-and-shoot guy and getting one step and it was all one it's the stuff that Quinn harps on all the time that we talk about that we had guys getting one step away from there they should have been one step away where you could step in and box out Carl Anthony Towns guys were just a step late and, and that's an attention to detail and finishing plays out that that usually we're pretty good at and they weren't good at that for most of the first three quarters you know you don't you just don't know how important a scouting report is and how much players should be paying attention to scouting reports now true enough they have uh, Walkthroughs, they have shoot-arounds, they, they go over how they want to defend teams. Uh, but when you get into the basketball game, a lot of times guys just, I don't know if they forget or they just don't put the effort in to, you know, to, to get the job done. In, in crucial situations when you know, they need a bucket, I mean, that's when you have to bear down and, and make sure that you take away what the, your opponents are good at. And make them do something else. And if they do that, you know, you, you have to live with I it. I think it's just as you're not, I don't know, I've never played, but I think about other things in my life where if you're lacking a little confidence in just aspects of your game, then somehow you're not as attuned, you're not as focused because things don't feel quite as good in, in that regard. I don't know. I mean, that's just a just a thought on it. But that, that was, I thought, part of George Hill being back uh, was obviously fabulous to see. And, and I want to point out one thing on that, by the way. Joe Ingles had a really interesting answer to me after the game. I said, what were you trying to do on the final possession? And he said, I wanted to make sure he didn't take a three. It's a really astute comment. 94-92, I'm going to make sure we don't lose right here. Right, and that was the big point there. And, and we talked about that on, on television as well. And, and we quickly pointed out that if there was anyone that could knock down a three from three or four or five feet behind the three-point line, it would be Jack, Jack, Jack Levine. And he steps inside the two because Joe Ingles had pressured him enough at that three-point range to, to try to get that shot off. And the one we talked about on the radio all night was that Zach Levine's shooting percentage drops precipitously the more dribbles he takes. So the fact that Joe was able to get into him and force him to take a few more dribbles really hurt him uh, in that regard. So the Jazz win. They go to 2-2 two and two on the road trip. Uh, anything else? George Hill being back. I don't want to minimize it. You know, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. He's just fabulous. The Jazz were plus 10 with him on the floor, and they were minus 8 with him off the floor. Almost 33 minutes. And, it, you know, it, it, it's amazing. This was his 14th game of the year. Uh, coming into tonight, he had, he had played 396 minutes uh, in, what, 38 games, uh, 37 games. And it was like uh, it was uh, – February and he's played 50, you know, and because that's how uh, good he looked. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't get tired, or he didn't look tired anyway. Maybe he did, but I thought he looked he, tired once. Yeah, but he, I think he was he was really gassed at one point. In the game. But he, he looked like I um, mean, he just stepped right in and got the job done. So the Jazz able to pull it off, get their second game of this road trip, 94-92. This has been Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone on Locked On Jazz. Make sure you subscribe on your podcatcher to get this and have it for you regularly after every game.